microphone and uh, turn off your video uh, so that uh, you, your camera, uh, so that it doesn't distract because we're just about to go live stream. Shelly's getting us ready for that. It's great to see the kids and everyone here. Great to have the McVees back from Canada. Again. Sorry about that. Whoops. Where's the message? Excuse me. Is it? It vanished. Okay. Sorry, everybody. We actually did this before the service, and for some reason, it's coming up again. should come up. Go ahead and hit it. Well, if you're joining us uh, by a live stream, this is just one part of our service here at City Temple. If you'd like to uh, see the whole service, just drop us an email and uh, we'll give you the Zoom details. Or you can come join us in person here at City Temple. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to look at three places. Uh, Isaiah chapter 48, Malachi chapter 3, and Acts chapter 2. Before we read, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for your word. I do thank you that it is trustworthy and true. And I pray, Father, that you'd speak to us through your word today in the power of your Holy Spirit and speak your prophetic word to us as a church as well. For we love you and we honor you, we worship you and adore you, 
And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 48. First 11 verses. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel, and who came from the waters of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and confess the God of Israel, but not in truth or right. For they called themselves after the holy city and stay themselves on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. The former things I declared of old. They went out from my mouth and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them and they came to pass. Because I know that you are obstinate and your neck is an iron sinew and your forehead brass, I declared them to you from of old. Before they came to pass, I announced them to you, lest you should say, my idol did them, my carved image and my mental image commanded them. You have heard, now see all this, and will you not declare it? From this time forth, I announce to you new things, hidden things that you have not known. They are created now, not long ago. Before today, you have never heard of them lest you should say, Behold, I knew them. You have never heard. You have never known. From of old your ear has not been opened. For I knew that you would surely deal treacherously, and that from before birth you were called a rebel. For my name's sake I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. And then over to Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. The first four verses. Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you will seek, will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings and righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. And then finally to Acts chapter 2. Again, the first four verses. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a, a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. So, can you imagine what you were doing two years ago? That'd be January of 2020. You know, I know here at City Temple, we were starting a new, a new series of our Sunday Focus, one that was anticipated to last for uh, quite a few weeks. We're having our lunch after church uh, along with the Sunday Focus. Uh, we were having our gatherings in the prayer room on, on Thursday night and on Friday night. We had uh, the lunchtime service that had a, a healthy small group of people coming every week. Uh, all these things were going on. I was looking, planning ahead toward uh, the summer and what we might be doing and a uh, possible holiday and all of that. And then, lo and behold, who would have thought, you know, we started hearing about this little disease from China, Wuhan, a city none of us had really ever heard of. And uh, coming, and we thought, well, okay, it's another one of those things. Uh, and little did we know that within a very short time, suddenly, the world would have a pandemic thrust upon it. Yeah, like, um, just I, I, listen, you know. And shocking because and if you think about it, for most of us, things don't happen suddenly like that. Yeah. We grow. Yeah, we we mature gradually. Like Our lives change gradually. Nobody's a few suddenly. Like maybe you're involved in an automobile accident, God forbid, and that suddenly comes upon you. But much of life, for most of us, goes by in normal patterns, in normal waves, uh, with normal things happening, uh, and gradual change comes upon us. But actually, there's one for whom suddenly is a regular occurrence. There's one for whom suddenly is kind of his specialty, because he deals in suddenlies quite regularly and that one is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Lord of the universe, suddenly belongs to him primarily. And God does so many things suddenly. Suddenly. You think about revival, and we like to talk about revivals, and we like to celebrate the history of revivals, but if you look throughout history in terms of revivals, Revivals tend to happen suddenly. Yes, there'll be people praying in advance of a revival, but you can pray for a lot of years and never see revival, and you can pray for like five minutes and have revival come upon you because revivals tend to happen suddenly. And wherever they've happened throughout history, revivals have happened suddenly because our God is a God who delights in doing things suddenly. Yes, he's patient. He allows things to develop over time, but he also acts rather suddenly, and God's suddenlies tend to be highly transformative. God's suddenlies tend to be world-changing and earth-shattering. And so we need to understand these suddenlies and how God works. I mean, that's been big for us at City Temple. At City Temple, we've had many suddenlies uh, since the turn of the century. Back in 2001, 
the church had called me, but things had slowed down. And May 2001, we were thinking, well, we're not going to be able to come to London. It's not all coming together. Middle of June 2001, I was very close to, to ringing up the church and say, hey, guys, you know, we've just decided we're going to stay in St. Louis where we are. Uh, we're not going to come. And then suddenly, the last week of June, just like that, things opened up. And we knew that we were coming to London. You go eight years or seven years ahead of that, be about 2008. We'd had some dark days as a church, a lot of conflict, a lot of difficulties. Uh, I didn't think I was going to survive. I didn't think I was going to last. We got into 2008, March 2008, and I was ready to give up. I was ready to quit. I, I thought the, the church was going to fall apart. I was going to fall apart. And the Lord came in, gave us a prophetic word. I mentioned that word last week. And then suddenly, in two weeks, things shifted completely. Actually, suddenly was the Sunday that things shifted. And then the shift was complete in two weeks. And the shift was consummated then by June in a couple of months. God worked suddenly. After 2008, for seven years, we struggled financially as a church. I mean, we really tried. We worked hard. We were getting a lot of money, but we were always in the red, and we couldn't understand it. We couldn't understand how we could lose so much money and still be afloat, and it was quite extraordinary to see during those years, and, and we had so many struggles and, and so many tests that we were going through, and then suddenly, June... 2015, we're out of the red, we're into the black, and the Lord's protected us ever since then. And he's provided for us, and he's provided for us even through the pandemic time, even through the time when uh, most churches uh, have really, really struggled financially. It's not been easy for us. You know, I don't want anybody, you know, hearing, you know, say, oh, well, they got so much money, I don't need to give, I don't need to support. No, I'm not saying that. You know, I chalk it up to Fadi and Federico, uh, our, you know, treasurer, assistant treasurer. Uh, Federico is doing a great job. I know you're watching there at home, Federico. And so, but it was the Lord. Suddenly, in June 2015. And now we're looking ahead to June 2022. Just a few months away. And if God follows his pattern... And God often follows his patterns in these things. I'm expecting another suddenly to start happening. In fact, I'm expecting several suddenlies in the coming months to happen to us at City Temple. Because that's the way God has worked in us. And we need to be ready and we need to be preparing ourselves. Now in these few sermons this series, I'm talking a lot about City Temple, but I'm also sharing things that are important for you personally and getting some insights into the mind of God and how God works in our lives. So I don't know why God's picked June. You know, it's a great summer, it's a great month. It's a transition from spring into summer. Uh, it's a time of life and vitality, but June seems to be it for us. And so I'm looking forward to this June to see what God suddenly might be for us. 
we need to understand that God suddenly give us insights into God's character and God's purposes. God suddenly bring about the shifts that we need to move to the next level, to move to the next aspect of our journey in the Lord and what the Lord is doing with us. Now sometimes those suddenlies might feel pleasant and sometimes they might not feel pleasant. You might suddenly lose your job and you think, oh goodness, you know, everything's over for me. Only to discover that maybe it wasn't so bad after all. Like a story that I know from Haiti where a guy who was being supported by his uncle, this is back in the 1970s, uh, his uncle, uh, he decided he, he became a follower of Jesus. He decided to take a stand and his uncle suddenly fired him because he was a follower of Jesus, kicked him out of his house, put the guy on the street. Now you might think that that's really bad, but about a month later, the uh, dictator in Haiti was overthrown and the guy's uncle had been a supporter of the dictator and so the army came to the guy's uncle's house and killed the uncle and everybody in the house. So sometimes God's suddenlies might not seem so good, but God can do amazing things when the suddenlies come. So they give us insight into God's character and purposes, but we need to prepare ourselves to experience God's suddenlies. Now sometimes it's a bit like getting caught with your trousers down. You know, you need to be ready because when the suddenlies happen, they happen and you don't have time to get ready. You don't have time to be prepared. You need to prepare yourself because God's suddenlies, they can delight us or they can devastate us. God's suddenlies can be a time where we receive God's revelation of God's new things and God's hidden things, like he was talking there in Isaiah, or God's suddenlies can be a time where we experience a hardening of our heart and a hardening of our heads and a hardening of our necks and we miss out on what God's doing. God's suddenlies can be a time where we move into God's promise or we can be stuck in our past. And so we need to understand the suddenlies. We need to prepare ourselves for the suddenlies. We need to see what God is doing so that we have this discernment and insights when the suddenlies come. I'm going to share four things about God's suddenlies here. First, God acts suddenly in order to reveal his glory. God's suddenlies reveal God's glory. That's what God's talking about here in Isaiah, the passage we read there in Isaiah. In God's suddenlies, God shows his sovereignty. He shows that he's in control. Time can go on for a very long time, and then suddenly it comes, and God brings about the shift, and we can think that we were stuck, we can think that nothing's going to happen, and then suddenly God's moved in. I've seen this so many times in my life where I was there, I was at the brink, I was ready to give up, and then suddenly, God moved. Things shifted. Because God wants to show that he's in control. God wants to show that he is sovereign. 
God suddenly is also reveal his glory by showing that God is omniscience. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. Now that doesn't mean necessarily that he determines everything that happens. But he knows the end from the beginning. He's the one who has all knowledge. He knows the past. He knows the future. And God suddenly reveal his glory by showing his omniscience. God's suddenlies also show his excellent character. They will reveal his goodness, his faithfulness, his grace, and his love, even when his suddenlies are a time of discipline in our lives. God's suddenlies show his excellent character. The second thing about God's suddenlies, God's, God acts suddenly to expose what's truly in people's hearts. God acts suddenly to expose what's truly in people's hearts. We see that also there in Isaiah chapter 48. He does it. He exposes the fact that we like to take credit for things. We like to be able to say, hey, I did that. Or, hey, this was good. Yeah, God did this, but I really helped him a lot. He couldn't have done it without me. You know, I see this so often. I'm talking to church leaders, and I hear them talk in unguarded moments, and I know their heart, and I know what they mean, and so that's why I'm not naming names or anything like that here. But often, I, you know, I've heard a church leader say, yeah, you know, I really built a, a big church here. Now, this person, in their heart, they know it's God. You know, they're not trying to take God's credit, but you know what? Uh, they didn't build the church. Jesus built the church. And I've seen this time after time after time. It's not dependent on the person. It's dependent on the Lord. So God exposes the fact that we like to take credit or give credit to something that doesn't really deserve the credit. God acts suddenly to expose the hardness in our hearts. When God acts suddenly and you feel angry or jealous or upset or embarrassed, God's exposing your heart. In the history of revival, you know, one of the most common things, you have a leader, you know, somebody like myself that's been working for years and years, tilling the ground, and all of a sudden a guy comes in to preach, and suddenly revival hits. And you know what often happens to that leader that's been there for 20 years? They get angry, and they get jealous, and they say, well, why that person? Why not me? Rather than understanding how their work prepared for this to happen. So it can expose the hardness of our hearts. God suddenly also show us our limitations. I know at times, I thought in, in my past, in my past ministry, there are times when I thought I was in difficult times and I thought I've done everything I possibly could. I mean, in those seven years where we were struggling financially as a church, we were doing everything. I was thinking, I was praying, I was getting God's strategy. I was trying to get the right employees in. I was trying to get the wrong employees out. I mean, we were doing one thing after another after another, and there were good stuff. But God was showing me, it's not the stuff you're doing, son, that provides for you. It's me that provides for you. And I could do that time, I could tell you uh, many different stories about that. 
God suddenly also show us our rebellion and obstinacy. I mean, human beings, we tend to be stubborn, right? We tend to be stubborn. And God shows us that, as if we needed to be shown, but we do need to be shown. Because even though we're stubborn, we just don't change. But God is showing, he acts suddenly to show us that we're rebellious. You're like, well, I don't want to follow that person. I don't want to be that leader. I want to be my own leader. I want to be my own person. I'm not going to subject myself to other people, to their ways, to their way of doing things. I'm not going to subject myself to another leader. I'm going to be my own person. And I know God's going to bless me. I have sadly seen dozens, and I literally mean dozens of people, walk away from city temple on the brink of a breakthrough in their life for their ministry. But they were just being rebellious. And God was about to break through suddenly for them. But it didn't happen, and it doesn't happen. You know, God acts suddenly to refine us in the furnace of affliction. Sometimes difficulties will come on us suddenly. And those difficulties are to refine us. I remember one time I was praying and the Lord said, Rod, I'm going to humiliate you. I'm like, well, God, I'd rather not be humiliated. You know, who wants to be humiliated? I'm not talking about being humble. I don't, you know, I, I want to be humble, but I don't want to be humiliated. That's kind of like being exposed as a man. And we men, we don't like humiliation. God told it to me three times. I thought, well, okay, it's going to happen. And then I was in a meeting that, that, uh, that week. I won't tell you the whole story. It would take too long. But where I was just exposed, I felt really humiliated. Now, what was God doing there? He was not punishing me. He was, he was finding out, am I willing to do anything for him? Am I willing to be exposed? Am I willing to be subjected to humiliation? for the cause of Christ. And God acts suddenly to refine us in the furnace of affliction. Sometimes we go through struggles, sometimes we go through difficulties really to refine us and to improve us. The time of testing that God suddenly brought on us as a church beginning in 2008 was a time of affliction, but also a time of refinement. You know, and coming through that time, our eldership has never been stronger and never been more united. And I know that I've got men that I trust 100% to tell me the truth and to stand by me as friends, but also not allow me to do stuff that's stupid. And I do have a, pen, a penchant for doing stupid things, let me tell you. Uh, so, now God acts suddenly also to fill his temple. God likes to do that. Uh, now, today, his temple is the church. It's like Paul said in 1 Corinthians, do you not, chapter 3, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you, the plural there of you, the you there is plural. It's all of us. 
If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. We are city temple, but we are also the temple of the living God. And God will act suddenly to fill his temple, his church. His coming is often overwhelming and unsettling. Many times when revival hits, you know, and people do silly things, some people faint, uh, some people have, sh have shaken, uh, you know, and then 20 years, 25 years ago, people were laughing. Uh, you know, there, all kinds of things can happen. And by the way, that wasn't unique for that time. These things have been common throughout history. They're just not generally reported very much. And many of them happened before you had Facebook and YouTube and the internet and all these other things like that. But his coming is often overwhelming, unsettling. And when he comes into his temple, into his people, in great power, when he acts suddenly to fill his people again, it's like a refiner's fire. And what he does, he purifies us. He purifies our worship. He purifies our service. He purifies our offerings in righteousness. And that's what the prophet Malachi was talking about. At uh, times, the temple of God, the people of God, the church of Jesus Christ might seem empty like we are today. It might seem boring. Uh, boring. It might feel barren. And I remember when I was a kid, kids over there, I was bored silly going to church. You know, I never got up on Sunday morning and said, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, let's go to church. Now, some of these kids I know probably do. Uh, but, uh, but I didn't do that. But, you know, the church wasn't supposed to entertain me. It was a place to worship God. And when God filled that church, and suddenly that church where I was growing up in had a small church of about 100 people, had 50-plus people in the youth group, all converted, many of whom are now in ministry, by the way. You know, that kind of suddenly is pretty good. But it also can be very unsettling. So the temple might seem empty and boring, might seem barren, but God acts suddenly to fill his church. God acts suddenly on behalf of his people gathered together. God will act suddenly and is suddenly, again, displays his glory. And of course, God acts suddenly also to free and empower his people. We see that all over the place, especially all over the place in the New Testament. Now, in the temple, I was talking about the church collectively, but here I'm talking about us even individually as part of the church. You know, God can act suddenly to fill people with his Holy Spirit. Acts 2, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were, where they were gathered. It suddenly happened, and they were empowered with the Holy Spirit. And they went out, and 5,000 men were, were saved, were converted that day. And the church went on, and from that moment, changed the entire world. God acts suddenly to do that. God can act suddenly to save, to convert someone, to bring them to Jesus Christ. We see some people out in the world today, and they are so hard-hearted, and we think they're so far away from the gospel. 
there are many that are out there who are enemies of the church of Jesus Christ. They're enemies of Jesus Christ right now. People who are persecuting the church of Jesus Christ. People in our society who are looking down on Christians, who are giving Christians a hard time, who are making sure that Christians aren't, aren't uh, promoted in their jobs. There's so many things that are happening all around us against Christians. And we think, boy, this world is going, as we used to say, to hell in a handbasket. Uh, is there any hope? Well, I remember a guy named Saul. He was on a highway one day, just happened to be traveling to a city called Damascus. And suddenly, there shone a great light. And he fell off his horse. And in that moment, in that suddenly, Saul became Paul. And God suddenly works to save people. We might see right now a London that is far, far away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. We might read the news stories that are telling us that this latest census probably will reveal that less than 50% of people in our, in our nation consider them, themselves Christians. We might see all these reports, but we know that God can act suddenly to bring not only one, but many hundreds, if not thousands of people to faith in Jesus Christ. God does that. God can act suddenly to bring us freedom and victory in our lives. I think about Paul and Silas. Oh, that was Acts chapter 9, by the way, if you're keeping track. This next is from Acts chapter 16. I think about Paul and Silas. They're in prison. They're praying and singing hymns about midnight. And the prisoners are all listening to them. And suddenly, there's a great earthquake and the door is open. And they could leave if they wanted to, but they don't. So the jailer doesn't get uh, killed because that's what would have happened to the jailer. And the jailer ends up, instead of getting killed, gets converted. But God in that moment, he suddenly freed his people. I know guys who have been struggling with different things in their lives, and gals too, for many, many years. Let me tell you, God can act suddenly to break that and set you free. You may be struggling in your job and, and wondering what's, what you're going to do with your life, but let me tell you, God can act suddenly to put you in a good place and move you forward. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. You know, I love God because I think a lot of times what God does in all of his suddenlies, he just lets things build up. And he seems to be absent. He seems to be far away. He sets the stage so it looks like everybody's lost. And then suddenly he acts. Might be the case of the resurrection of Jesus. Might be the case of the 1700s here in England. When early 1700s, less than half the population were Christians. They were falling away from the Lord. Uh, people like Daniel Defoe were despairing that the nation would ever be saved. And then suddenly God raises up Whitfield and the Wesley brothers. And all of a sudden, that sounds like a, an outlaw gang, you know, Whitfield and the Wesleys marching through the, the West, you know, saving sin, sin, sinners or whatever. I don't know what they were doing. 
But God suddenly did it. God suddenly did it. You know, I'm not afraid anymore of things looking bleak and things looking really bad because that's when often God acts suddenly. I've seen it in my life so many times. When I thought I was going to give up, when I thought I couldn't go on, when I thought I couldn't handle it, all of a sudden, God, for His glory, God to expose things in my life, God to, to fill His church, and God to do something in me to empower me and set me free, acts suddenly and moves me through it into the new thing, into the next phase. That's God's suddenlies. And God has acted suddenly for City Temple many times in the past. And I am confident that God's going to act suddenly for City Temple going into the future. Now, one thing about God's suddenlies, you cannot predict a suddenly. You cannot predict a suddenly. I thought, you know, sure as shooting, that 2017 we were going to see revival come. Didn't happen. I'm like, come on, God. You know, all the signs were like there. Everything seemed to be lined up, and it didn't happen. But God's still going to bring revival. When is it going to come? I haven't a clue. But I can tell you one thing about it. It's going to come suddenly. It's going to come suddenly. I think when we get a breakthrough on this building, it's going to happen suddenly. You cannot predict God's suddenlies. But you can prepare for them. You cannot predict them, but you can prepare for them. How do you do it? How do you do it? First and foremost, you need continued obedience to God in your life so that you're prepared to move when God moves. That's what they were doing in Acts chapter 2. Jesus said before he flew off to heaven, uh, and he didn't leave on a plane, he just jetted up there himself. Uh, Jesus said before he ascended, <clears throat> he said, hey, you all wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit of God comes. And they didn't know how long they were going to have to wait. Fortunately for them, it was only about 10 days or so. But it could have been much longer. You know, he said to his people in the Old Testament, wait, I'm going to be sending the Messiah. And they had to wait a few hundred years. So you can't predict it. But what you have to do is continue to obey God so that when God acts suddenly, you're ready to move with God. You know, the Pharisees missed Jesus completely because they thought they were obeying God, but all they were doing was following their own traditions. Their traditions became more important than God so that when God moved suddenly and sent Jesus, they weren't ready. They weren't ready. And these guys, above all people in Israel that should have seen him and should have recognized him, missed him. So we need to obey the things God has told us to do. We need to keep doing things like praying, reading the word, gathering with God's people. We need to keep doing those things on and on and on so that we're ready. Because when God acts suddenly, if you're not prepared, you'll miss it. And there won't be any catching up. 
to do. And if you want to see a parable of that, look at Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the ten virgins. So you've got a continued obedience. One, a guy named, uh, oh, now his, his name, I, I just completely forgot. A great writer. He just has recently gone, Eugene Peterson. Thank you, Lord. Uh, he, uh, he wrote a book called about discipleship called The Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And that's how he described discipleship. And I think there's a lot of truth there. Second thing, we need unity. One of the striking things about Acts chapter 2, it says, they were all together in one place. You need to be united with other believers. You need to be gathering together with other believers. You need to be hanging out with other believers. You need unity. And unity, how do you know if you're united? You're with people and you're for people. You're with people and you're for. You're spending time with them and you're wanting the best for them and you're working for the best for them. And then we can do to prepare, to be ready. We can do what Paul and Silas were doing there in Acts 16. Continue to pray and what we call worship. They were singing songs. Today singing is called worship, but actually worship is kind of a subset of prayer. But I won't go into all of that depth. Let's just say for shorthand, prayer and worship. We need to keep praying and we need to keep worshiping. We need to keep praying and keep worshiping. And as we do these things, unity, prayer, and worship, and continued obedience, we will be prepared so when God acts suddenly, we can move with him. When God acts suddenly in your life, you can move with him. When God acts suddenly in this church, we together can move with him. And I tell you, I don't want to see people left out of God's suddenlies for City Temple. Because over the years, many have been. Many have been. And so I'm prophesying that God is going to act suddenly in your life and in City Temple this year. God is going to do one or more suddenlies for you. Might be something you've been praying and hungering for in your personal life. Maybe a gift of the Holy Spirit that you want. God's going to give it to you suddenly. It might be some freedom in your own life. God's going to give it to you suddenly. It's going to be something here at City Temple. And God's going to do it suddenly. And we're going to see multiple suddenlies at City Temple. So my encouragement to everyone, prepare yourself so that you do not miss out. Prepare yourself so you don't miss out. Because we want to see God's glory. We want to experience and perceive fully the glory of God when he acts suddenly. The glory of our Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you that you are a God of suddenlies. Lord, give us hearts and minds that we can perceive when you act suddenly. Help us to be ready, Lord. Show us what we need to do, what obedience in our life needs to take place 
so that we can step into suddenly this year. Whether it's your suddenly for us personally or your suddenly for us together as City Temple. We want these suddenlies to happen, Lord, because we want to see your glory in our lives and in our church. We want Jesus to be magnified in us individually and corporately. And we want your Holy Spirit to flow in us and through us so that we might take the love of Jesus to our workplaces and to the streets around us. So enable us to do that this year, suddenly, to your glory and praise. For we pray all of this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, let's close.